I think the cool thing about this one is you actually don't even know who I'm going to do today. And I'm excited to right, find out. Let's get to it. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Everything You Need to Know About Music, where you get to learn everything you need to know about music from the perspective of a 40-something-year-old. That's me. And a 20-something-year-old, which is me. That's you. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, what are we learning about today? Because all I've heard all day is, oh, I can't wait till you learn about this, and I have no idea what it is. So one of our big things that we do is we pick a band or an artist... And we teach each other about that band or artist in three songs. Okay, so who's our artist? And today, I'm going to teach you about Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> For real. For real. Simon and Gar- All right, let's learn. Okay. I'd like to learn about Simon and Garfunkel. But I'm going to ask you, what do you know about Simon and Garfunkel before we get to it? When I say that to you, what does that mean to you? What do you, what do you hear? What do you, what, what, what do you think of? Well, First and foremost, they just have the weirdest, most bizarre names ever. <laughs> I know that my grandfather likes Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, my geez. dad's familiar with them. Um, my roommate in college, I think, was kind of familiar with them. And I feel like he, they were at one point split up, right? It's Paul Simon and something Garfunkel. Art, Art Garfunkel. That's nice. right. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah. you know it's a duo. Right. And you know it's older music. Correct. Do you know what kind of music? Uh, gosh, I mean, I don't really know what kind you would call it. What kind would you call it? I would call it folk music. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But it like is, a little more electro than that, maybe? It's, they know. are folk icons from the 60s, but it's New York Greenwich Village poetry set to music. That's really what these guys are. Interesting. Okay, so... Greenwich your, Village is like wealthy... No. Right. Greenwich Village in the 1960s was like counterculture, uh, anti-war. Think mid-60s. Kennedy was just assassinated in 63. R.I.P. Right. This is the village is like where all of the alternative people were. This isn't... So like the hippies. But it's not San Francisco hippies. It's Greenwich Village, University, NYU hippies. Oh, so it's like- Northeast hippies. Does that make sense? So learned, learned anti-establishment yes. people kind of? Yes. Not like the grungy tie-dye shirt. Correct. Not t- backwards. Exactly. Okay. I mean, still a hippie, still very hippie mid-60s, but Greenwich Village hippies. That's important to distinguish this. And these guys are both New York boys. They meet each other when they're 11 years old in Queens, the Forest Hills area specifically. Mm-hmm. And they start playing and actually start recording when they're 15. Under the name Tom and Jerry, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, so we're talking like cartoon stuff here, nice. right? You remember, do you remember, wait, are you young That's enough to remember Tom and Jerry? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Tom and Jerry's transcended time, too. All right. I think they still air that. <laughs> Maybe. I don't All know. All right, so they come out with an album called Wednesday Morning 3 a.m. Under the name Tom and Jerry. Under the name Simon and Garfunkel. Okay. okay? Wednesday Morning 3 a.m., and it is pure poetry. I mean, it's as if... Paul Simon wrote everything. Play it. Oh, hold on. Paul Simon wrote everything. I can't even play it for you because it's it's bad. Really? And it's bad in the sense that you'll go. Like poetry, poetry. Like it's it's spoken it's, word it, almost. Yes, but with a beat with with music to it. And it's it's okay, but it's just two guys singing with a guitar. Okay? But 
you got to understand, Paul Simon was the songwriter of most of all of this stuff. And his whole thing is poetry set to music. Okay? So this guy was not only an artist and a poet, but then he experimented a little bit with some of the music too. It wasn't the same just Bob Dylan regular chord progressions. This isn't Dylan hippie. This is, he would bring in some different beats. He would bring in some different instruments. Like this is a little bit of a different sound. It's the blend right in the middle between rock music and hippie music and and hippie folk music, okay? Which is a weird place to live. Yeah, that's kind of... They don't really go too hand in hand. I guess in the 60s, it was kind of... But Art Garfunkel... fair game. Art Garfunkel, his thing is his voice. He was able to hit harmonies that were just otherworldly. And so that's what we kind of have to start with. We have to start with harmonies. If there's anything I want you to take away from this podcast, it's two things. One, this poetry. And two, harmony. Okay. And, harmony. And- Hold okay. on. So Paul Simon was the one that did You Can Call Me Out, right? Now yes. that I'm remembering. By himself, though. Yeah, no, yeah, no Garfunkel, but yes. But. The Chevy Chase video with the, <laughs> yes, yes. But we're not there. We're mid-60s. We're 1964, okay? Yeah. And we're in Greenwich Village, and we're playing these little seedy bars. We got a guitar and two guys in a smoke-filled room. That's where we're at, mm-hmm. okay? Right. So we got to talk about harmony. Now, I know you're a music guy, but we're going to go over this really quickly because harmony is really, really important. Let's say that you have a phrase or a sentence or a line, okay, and you're going to sing it, da 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 whatever, right? If someone's going to sing the same thing on top of you, mm-hmm. they have some options based on the key that you're in in order to be in harmony. Different octaves? Right. They could be in an octave. Like, you can be at C, and I can be at C. Like That's I, pretty good. Right? A total octave above, or I can go below. That's... A harmony, right? right? Or I can be a third up, meaning if I'm in the one note, I can go from, let's say I'm in C, I can go C, and I can go up to the three note, which would be E, and I can be, now I'm in harmony, or I can go to the five, which is G, or the six, which is a, I have options. So if we play the same whatever signature or sentence or phrase or whatever, if you sing it in the one, in the root, I can sing the harmony, Somewhere I'm not, else. I'm not singing for you, but that, that's Do you follow really me, crazy. though? Yeah. We can that's be, just mu- basic music theory, right? Basic music yeah. theory. But we're saying the same thing, but we're saying it at a different frequency. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay. So that's really important. So these guys are the best at it. Really? I mean, epic. These guys invented it, in my opinion. So almost, almost where they're taking something, one plus one equals three. Okay. I can see, Okay. All right, keep going. Okay. So basically, they're like learned. They're not learned, but they're like these kind of like, is pretentious hippie affair? No, it, it, there's definitely no pretense to it. There's definitely no pretense to it. But here, here's what happens. They start, they, they, they make this album, okay, which was, yeah. which was horrible. I don't want to say horrible, but it was really poorly sold. They sold like 3,000 copies upon release. I'm going to pull a picture which, of these guys. Which is nothing, okay? Wednesday morning, 3 a.m., the, they did so poorly that they actually broke up. Paul Simon goes to London, of all places. Here's this hippie. He goes to London. Art Garfunkel goes to like a, a college, like a, a, an art school <laughs> Dude, of some these sort. These guys are crazy looking. No, come on. Stay with me. This is important. He goes to London and starts writing like a songbook, a book of songs, and okay. learns all these English folksy kind of ways. 
Because mm-hmm. in London, there was a folk scene going on as well. And then he comes back to New York, okay? Mm-hmm. While they're gone, while, while he's gone in 1964, one of the songs that was on their Wednesday morning 3 a.m. album, mm-hmm. the guy who produced it remakes it, unbeknownst to the guys, to Simon and Garfunkel, without even asking them. And the song that he remakes, he says, you know what? We need to add some electronic beats to it. We need to put a drummer on here. We need to put uh, an electric guitar section on here. And he totally remakes it and releases it in 1965 without the guys knowing. It's and, messed up. And that song, which is one of their biggest hits, which is song number one, is this Hello, one. Darkness, my old no way. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know this song. Of course you do. Now, Everyone knows this, this is song. a cool song. Of course it is. But here's what you got to know about this song, okay? This is what's so incredibly important. You got to focus on the harmonies. So the first thing I want to show you is I want to go to just Art Garfunkel's part. I've come to talk with This is just him by himself. Now is this the actual song or is this song yeah, no, no, spoken no, no, no. Same song we just heard. Just Art Garfunkel. That's the melody, right? That's everything yeah. you know. And the vision that was planted right? in yeah. my brain. Now I'm gonna play you just Paul Simon's harmony to that alone. Okay. Now not only is it in harmony, but he stays in the minor tonality of the harmony. Okay? So listen to this when Paul comes in. And remember what you just heard. From Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it, my mind. Because this is where it gets crazy. This is how good these Hello, guys are. Darkness, my old friend. Oh wow! Listen to this. I've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping. See the difference? Left yeah. Its seeds while I was sleeping. Totally different, but could to- sounds kind of the same. Vision that was planted in my brain. Right? Still yeah. remains within the sound of silence. That's harmony. Now, when you go back and you think about the song together. Hello, darkness, my old friend. You hear that? Whoa, that's cool. I've come to talk with you again. And that's what these guys were able to do. Because a vision That's really cool. Isn't that and you insane? would not pick that out. You wouldn't. You would not pick that now, out. Now, you know they're harmonizing, but you don't know how distinct and different and major and minor scale these guys are apart. And by the way, that is incredibly difficult to sing. And he's playing the guitar at the same time. And this is a song that has incredibly deep meaning. I mean, this is about people's inability in the mid-60s to actually communicate. They're talking about these neon gods that are created and seas of 10,000 people standing there not knowing how to actually talk to each other. And I mean, there's some really deep, deep poetic stuff here. But yet, it's a song that you'd hear on the radio and you can totally groove to. Yeah, I would never, I mean, right? I heard this song a hundred times. So never thought about it. So that's why we got to start with this. And yes, it's one of their biggest songs. But what was amazing to me is that the first version of this was just those two guys and a guitar, and it was remixed unbeknownst to them. So they come back to all of this success, and they come out with an album called Sounds of Silence, and they re-release it with this version on it. 
I'm sorry. Can you just tell me? It's important for me to know which one of these is Simon and which one of these is Garfunkel because they're both so goofy. But I just need to know. Okay, first of all, that's like that's 1970. Our Simon and Garfunkel, and well, the one the with the mustache. Not better. The Here. one with the mustache is Paul Simon. Paul Simon's on the left. Garfunkel's on the right. I'm looking at the essential Simon and Garfunkel album cover. It's disappointing that oh, you those say are that. Goofy looking dudes. Okay, even if, for the 60s. If you were to read this song by itself, it is pure poetry. Okay. Right. If you were to take all that out, you'd be like, this is a rock and roll song. When you put it all together, you got Simon and Garfunkel. That's cool. Okay? That's cool. All right, so that's song number one. Song number two, where we're going to have to go from here, is we're going to have to go to a song that I know you know also. But before we get there, I'm going to read you something that I I think that you will, will recognize as poetry. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to read it to you anyway, and then you're going to go, oh, okay, I get it. Okay, so this is, this is something that Paul Simon wrote. On the side of a hill in the deep forest green, okay. tracing us of sparrow on snow-crested ground, blankets and bedcloths, the child of the mountains, sleeps unaware of the clarion call. Wow. Okay? This is the type of deep, right, Robert Frost. <laughs> seriously poetic stuff. All right. Yeah. The reason I'm telling you that is because this is a poet, a poem that is laced in between the verses of the next song that I'm going to play for you. The next song I'm going to play for you is Scarborough Fair, that I know you know. And why do you know it? Because you know the famous Parsley Sage Rosemary in Time. Are you going to Scarborough Fair? Now, I'm going to pause it here for just a second. It just puts you in a trance. It's a trance. It's seriously hippie, transcendental kind of stuff, right? But this is the next step up from this, their ability as songwriters and poets and folky guys, because this is actually an old, old, uh, 90, sorry, 1670s poem that can be traced all the way back to the Middle Ages about Scarborough Fair. Really? Yeah. It says, are you going to Scarborough Fair? Parsley Sage Rosemary in time. Remember me to one who lives there, meaning can you remind somebody who's there about me? She once was a true love of mine. It's an old poem about a, a person telling a third party, hey, if you go to Scarborough Fair, tell this girl there that I, to remember me. And then gives basically a list of all these things that he wants. He wants her to make him a shirt. He wants him to make it a shirt with no seams. He wants her to find him a, a track of land near the sea. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty odd and strange English poem, okay? Mm-hmm. He takes this poem and puts it to music, but then in between the lines of verses 2, 3, and 4, remember the poem that I just read you? Right. He plays and sings that in between it. Making it basically a, 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 a type of two songs in one. That's cryptic. Right? So watch. Listen to this. So now when we go into the second verse, watch. On the side of a hill in the deep forest green. So it goes verse, line. Then the other song. Yeah. Then the one song. Then the other song. Without no sleep or night, so bed clothes, the 
child of the mountain. So, so we're talking two songs in one here. Is this, is this like did this song have commercial success? Yes. Did all these songs? Did all the this songs is one of their biggest songs? Yeah. Have commercial yes. success. This seems like a song that was like made for a movie. Yeah. Well, actually, it wasn't The Graduate. <laughs> it just does. But this is called counterpoint, meaning. One person sings one song, the other person sings another song, or one phrase and another phrase. And as it comes in together, harmony. yes, all in wow. harmony. And as it comes together, the blending of the two is better than them apart. So you've got two songs in one. Isn't that, is that, I mean, it's insane, right? That's pretty impressive. So now you got Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Time, which, I mean, the depth of this poetry, again, is just incredible. People say that the Parsley's for comfort to remove bitterness, Time is for courage, Rosemary's for love. Like, there's these incredibly deep meanings that just keep going and going and going. Pure harmony through poetry. I'm, one, of, one of the things about music that just always gets me that I think is so impressive is, like, somebody has to think of this stuff before they actually do it. <laughs> I know that, obviously, that's right. so simple, but, like, somebody has to have the idea for something before they do it, which would make certain artists impressive. The fact that these guys were like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Like, this right. is what we're going to do. That's insane. Think about that. And they think about just like sing and it just turned out that way. Like, they're like, all right, I'm going to sing it like this and you're going to harmonize, but you're going to do it this way. Right. And, and, and to be spot on and perfect. And then we're going to add all these other instruments and all of these things. And again, the, the ear candy and the background that I like to call and all these little things to make it perfect. Were a lot of people doing this before them? Not to this degree. Sure, this is a popular style of music, this folksy kind of poetry. I mean, Dylan was huge in it and so many of the other spinoffs of, of that era. But I don't think any of them did it like this, especially because of the depth and the amazement of the harmonies that these guys had. I mean, they're incredible together. That's cool. Okay, so song number three. And by the way, I'm leaving out so many songs that I wanted to include. That's here. what makes this. That's I mean, what that's makes this really hard. So cool, okay. though. Okay. Is you get three songs because there's so many songs that should get honorable mention. I mean, and I, we could do that at the end. That's what makes it fun for both of us. Yeah, we'll we'll do the okay. honorable mention. All I right. think we should add that. That's okay. fun. Okay, because there are so many songs. I'm like, oh, how can I leave this out? I mean, but I have to include so that you understand the level of depth of these guys. If I just play the hits, okay, and you go, oh, I know that song. You're gonna go. What am I really learning here? Good. Whereas yeah. you understand why Scarborough... I, I agree. Okay. I agree. I, I like that. And that brings me to this third song because the third song is not one that you're going to go, that's in the same style or genre as the other mm-hmm. two. Okay. But this shows, I think, the depth of what these guys are able to do. So in 1970, they release an album called Bridge Over Troubled Water. Okay. The title track of that is obviously Bridge Over Troubled Water. And this album was huge for them. It sold 25 million copies and was the greatest album as far as sales until Thriller came out. Whoa. Okay? Oh, I, mean, this, a, I knew they were big. This album was they 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 epic. Okay? It was, the, it was the number one album in Australia, Canada, the Dutch mega charts, the French charts, Italian, Japanese, Spanish, Swedish, UK, US, and Germany. All number one. Oh, my God. Absolutely tremendous. Before the internet. <laughs> yes, before the internet. No, I mean, that sounds dumb to say, but like... To be able to have reach like that, yeah, like I mean, I could make a song and somebody in China could hear it thirty sure. seconds later. But to have that kind of reach, is bizarre. insane. So these guys 
Again, poetry, but through harmony. This song, Bridge Over Troubled Water, is basically just a song that was written by Paul Simon, mm-hmm. but totally sung, or at least 90% of it is sung by Art Garfunkel. Because of where the song goes, it needed that upper register of, of how high the tonality goes. It was just built for his voice. And I got to say, and I don't say this about a lot of guys, it's beautiful. Wow. It's truly beautiful. If you wow. can have some time to be alone with this song, <laughs> you will cry. Because it is a song a lot okay. of people don't really feel, but I'm going to say this to you. It is, a, it is the ultimate I got you song. I got you, bro. I got you. All right, when I'm driving in the dark, I'm going to listen to this it, song. See, if you don't cry, Windows there's something down. wrong with you. Okay. It's that incredible. I'm going to paraphrase the lyrics real quick before we get into it, because I want you to hear where we're going. Okay? I'm not prepared to cry No, right no, now. You, you might have to. Like, it's that, it's that incredible. When you're weary and feeling small, when the tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. I'm on your side when times get rough, and when friends can't be found, like a bridge over troubled water... I'll lay down, saying, I'll lay down so you can walk over me, so you can get over your problems. Like a bridge over troubled water, I'll lay down. That's very nice. It's unbelievable. So, don't you think it's kind of egotistical, though, of him to write this song and then have his partner sing it kind of to him? No, he doesn't sing it to him. He actually said when he had the vision to write this song, he knew it was for him. He just knew that this was a song that was built for his voice. Sing this to me. No, it's not like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really, Play me the song. I'm it really just isn't. To, it I'm really isn't. To get emotionally it won ready Grammy for Song of the Year. I mean, this song, it's just, you got to be alone with this. If, if you don't get weepy with this song, because this song is all hard. All right, play me the song. Okay. I want right. to hear it. I want you to think Let It Be with, the, with Beatles and mm-hmm. piano, 1970. I want you to think that, but with gospel tonalities and pure poetry. I'm into this. And it starts off a little airy. But again, just remember where we are. I already like the piano. When you're weary Feeling small actually recorded the song backwards saying because Garfunkel thought the end which gets really 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 high was easy for him but the first verse because of how delicate you have to sing this he said was devil's work like it was it took a lot of sessions to nail this Aretha Franklin did it Elvis redid it Mary J. Blige redid it Andrea Bocelli redid it Willie Nelson I mean it's wow epic those are some that's a good list of people. Okay, now I'm gonna go because this is again something I want you to be by yourself with. I'm gonna go to the towards the end. I'm gonna show you how it builds and builds and builds, and as it gets to this crescendo, just what they do with this orchestration. It's an anthem. That is, this is cool. Now, this is, I 
wildly different from Sounds of Silence. You you hear that, right? I mean, you 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 understand that. Yeah, no. But you, these the same dudes. Doesn't even listen, sound. Listen like to this though. Just insane. Okay, so the that's the essential feeling, in my opinion, of what you need to know about Simon and Garfunkel. I'm going to cry on the way home. Oh, dude, you really are. You spend some real time with that. But what's funny is then right after that, like there's other tracks on the same album, and you're going to go, oh, dude, that's so upkey, and so I know that song. See, I could have gone with this. I could totally do this. And you'd be like, I know that song, and it's fun. What's, what's this song? It's a- And you're driving your house. This is great. Doesn't have the same meaning. It doesn't floor you and knock you out. Would I be doing myself a disservice to just go and listen to the essential Simon and Garfunkel? No, you'd be doing yourself a favor. Really? That's absolutely fantastic. You'll find tracks that we need to have honorable mention, and we need to give them their fair play, like the boxer. This you want to talk about poetry. This is them. Two guys and a guitar. Harmony. Okay. You know this song. You're shaking your head like you don't, but I know you know this. Yeah, no, I've definitely heard this before. And now get to the part that everybody knows. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See? 20 somethings. This is like, All right. as this we is fade the type out. of music that I feel like plays at the. Happy but sad, but you're not sure if you're happy but sad moment. That's exactly it. I don't know what kind of mood I'm in. I don't know if I should be really angry or if, you know what, actually I'm pretty happy at the same time. That's weird. And it makes you question life and it makes you question things and it makes you just get in. You want to like get into the meaning of things. It does make you feel like you want to be like a better person. Right? Like like learn you more about be an yourself adult. and about uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's this great. is adult music because there's a deeper meaning than what they're really actually saying. Listen, just give me 10 seconds. I get the news I need on the that's two chords, Cam. Just two chords, that's all it is. But you you know there's so much more going on in there. The sounds good. Yeah. Hey. I've got nothing to do today but smile. Here I am. I'm sold. Right? Yeah. Okay. I am. They're right. cool. I'm in. Sorry, so there's Simon and Garfunkel. We got Sounds of Silence. We got Scarborough Fair, which is really two songs in one. And then I leave you with Bridge Over Troubled Water, which as an album you need to know about because that is an absolute epic, epic album. And it will make you cry if you're in the car by yourself, driving home, thinking about loved ones. Oh, great. Here we go. I'm going to have a great drive home. I'm sold, though. I'm going to be honest. Whenever I, growing up hearing about Simon and Garfunkel, the conversation was between somebody two generations above (laughs) me and my father. Right. Like, you not need- somebody that I'm going to go dig after. I, mean, I love my dad's music. He taught me a lot. My grandfather's taught me a lot with music, honestly. I mean, okay. he, he showed me CCR. But Simon and Garfunkel, those just sound like two idiots that but, I don't want to listen to. But this is Did awesome. you hear the yeah. harmony, though? All right. We'll leave it there, then. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hope you learned a little about Simon and Garfunkel. Hope it wasn't too old for you. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Shine, shine, shine